Hi, and welcome to my CBT podcast. I'm Dr. Julie Osborne, and I'm really thrilled that you're back listening to another episode. I hope you're staying safe and you're well. And I wanted to share one of my reviews, which I really appreciate you guys writing in, regarding my podcast to start off the show. And this is from someone named Thin For Me 13. And it says, great advice. Dr. Julie gives great advice and tools that we can all use in our everyday life. Thank you so much. I listened to your episodes more than once. It's very helpful. So when you go on Apple Podcasts, you can review and rate, and I'm going to share a review each week. So hopefully I can uh, hear from you and I can share that online. And I wanted to also share an email I got, which I love getting as well. And I hope you'll continue to write in your questions so I can address what is important to you. And this week it was from Scott. So Scott was writing and just sharing that, you know, with everything going on in the world, he wanted to have some helpful tips about how we can get good support for this time with COVID-19 and then obviously dealing with the protests and everything going on and all the feelings that this brings up for most of us. You know, who can we trust? Who can we talk to? How can I find people that think like me? So this was all part of Scott's email to me asking those specific questions. So I thought it was a really good topic to address. And I thank Scott again for doing that. And I hope I can answer all your questions to give you some direction regarding that. So social support and friendship is so important, especially in times that we're going through now, because it's really easy to feel isolated. Anyways, a lot of people are lonely out there. A lot of people don't have a lot of connections. And when we're going through all this turmoil, you can feel even more isolated if you don't have a good social support and feel like you have people to reach out to. So I just want to share a couple things about friendship and support and just kind of our how world is in general. So, you know, since 1985, it said that the number of people who have no one to talk to has doubled. And the lack of social contacts and support, despite our, all of the technological advances over the past decades, is on the downside and having huge transformations that have taken place in our society. So despite that we have email and mobile phones, people today have fewer meaningful social contacts than they had in the past. I, I totally get that. And it is true because people don't call each other as much. You know, me I, when I grew up, all I had was the phone. I would literally spend hours talking to my friends. I remember just falling asleep talking on the phone so late at night. That's all we had or we got together and we hung out. You know, now it's text, it's email. People get upset if someone doesn't text them back immediately. What happened? Are they mad at me? Is the tone right? I mean, we're having to guess, you know, what our relationships are with each other because we're not hearing each other's voices. And based on those assumptions, relationships get affected and we don't feel as connected. And the other negative part, I think, with text and email is people fight through this. I mean, I've had people in my office where I'm like, what are you doing? They're trying to work on a relationship through text and they're fighting with each other. Like it just goes on and on. So we've gotten too dependent on not having that personal connection and actually seeing each other and relying on all this technology that I think has really gotten in the way of having good social support and developing really good friendships. So that's something. That's really important. Now, I know, just to add, with COVID-19, <laughs> we haven't been able to get together with like we would like to. But I think, you know, at least we have the video chats. You know, that makes a big difference, being able to see each other when we talk and being able to social distance. I know a lot of people have gotten together in parks or 
you know, in their front yard and kept six feet from each other so they could see each other because, you know, being connected to each other is just part of our DNA. It's not just an extra in our life. It's not just something we like. It is part of us. We are, you know, programmed to be connected to each other. We're not supposed to be alone and isolated. There's way too many of us in this world that we're supposed to just go it alone. So I think that's another big stressor. I know it's been for me dealing with staying at home that even though I have people in my house, thank goodness, you know, my family that I love, but I miss my friends and getting together and my coworkers that I haven't seen in the office. You know, I miss everybody and not being able to just, hey, let's get together and go have a bite to eat or, hey, let's go shopping. It's like, oh yeah, we can't do that. It's not open or it's not safe. So it's really affected and we have to make extra effort to have connection with each other regarding our friendships and feeling supported, which is really important. Social support cuts off the dysfunctional cycle of stress, which produces physiological responses such as increased heart rate and breathing and blood pressure. Just having another person nearby will reduce stress when people perform difficult tasks. And so it also takes a load off of you when you need help in doing some of your tasks of your day, certainly is a stress reducer. So just having people around you when you're doing things, when you're working at the office or whatever environment you're in, just having people around can definitely reduce your stress. And spending time with a good, supportive friend will also calm us and lift up our moods. And we feel better when we walk and talk through things with a trusted friend. When we hear ourselves talk, we can often get to the root of what's really bothering us without the listener having to say a word. The listener, a friend, a coworker, whoever that might be in your life. And having social support also validates us. We don't feel so alone when there's a trusted friend nearby to say some of the same things that have happened to them. Or for them, just say, you know, I understand what you're going through. And just feeling that empathy from somebody. They also help us feel better about ourselves. And good friends make us feel good. And we feel that we're a part of a larger whole. Like I was saying earlier, that we're not supposed to go this alone. When we have a good supportive social network, we can face life's everyday problems with the feeling that we have the backing of others who really care about us. And it really has a lot of physical benefits too. So people that have social connections bounce back more quickly from surgery and illnesses and those without support. So there's so much that we can get from being connected. And that's why it's important to sit there and think about, you know, who do I have in my life? Do I have enough support? Am I reaching out? And Am I being vulnerable? Am I really sharing who I am with my friends? Because that's what we all really want to have a real connection is to be vulnerable and really share personal things with each other. It really makes a difference. So you want to think, you know, what are the characteristics of a good friendship for me? And who is likely to become my friend? And what kind of people do I want in my life? So it's not just having a person with you, but it's having a person there that you like and you want to be with and you want to get to know better. And we all know we all have acquaintances, which is totally fine. But it's important that we have a core amount of friends. You know, I have found this to be true for myself. I'm in my 50s. And that the older I've gotten, the smaller my group of friends are because I'm more particular. And I think I'm, I've just become more emotionally healthy over the years. So I want emotional, healthy people in my life. You know, when I was a teenager, I had tons and tons of friends, which was great. Some were close. Some were just fun to go out with and have a good time. And some were just school friends. Maybe I studied with them. So it was, you know, I had a whole different range of friends and that was all great and met all my needs. But as I've gotten older and also don't have as much time to hang out with people because I have my family and I'm working, I'm really mindful and purposeful about who I want to spend my time with and be close to and share with. 
And those friendships I have are really important to me and are really close and I can really depend on them because I put the time and effort into it. So you want to think about who do I want in my life? Again, it's not just to have someone fill up that space or someone to go shopping with, but who do I really want to spend my time with that I can count on and really be myself? So some of the things to think about, how close is somebody physically to me? Can I see them often? Is it easy? I have friends up in Los Angeles. I live in Orange County in California. And sadly enough, we don't see each other. And it's ridiculous when I think about it because we're not that far from each other. But someone being close by, my friend lives down the street. One of my best friends used to live next door to me. She's still close by, but it was, oh my God, when she was next door, it just run back and forth. Our dogs would go back to each other's houses. It was great. So people at least being close by enough for you to see them often is really important. And how often you see them has a great effect on how close that you're going to be. Those people that you see more often will likely become a good friend. Having common interests with someone obviously important. If you're really struggling to develop some friendships, the best place is to join a group because you already have something in common based on whatever is in that group, right? So just to go up to someone and, you know, start up a conversation, it's a little hard because you don't know the person, you don't know what their interests are. But if you join, say, a class where you learn like line dancing, right? Or you like to go on hikes, there's groups for that. We already have something in common. So that's a really great way to get engaged and to start conversations with people. As I said just a few minutes ago, I want to address one more time is just what we call self-disclosure. And that is, you know, past an acquaintanceship to a friendship when you start to talk about yourself and share your life. And it has to be mutual and balanced between the two people for a friendship to really start. And you start off with just some minimal information, some things, and then it gets closer and closer. And when you feel comfortable enough to take that leap of faith and share something more personal or maybe a struggle that you're going through for two people to start to really connect and that you want that friendship to be the same coming back to you. So a healthy friendship has a sense of equality between the two people and that you disclose personal information and you expect the other person to reveal something personal as well. We don't want to just be the person sharing, sharing, and that person shares nothing back to you. And I've met people like that, that I feel like I'm sharing and I actually know I really never got to know them very well because they just weren't willing to share with me. And that's okay. You just have to move on. And then one of the last things just to add here is that intimacy. So once you start self-disclosing, and the person, you know, gives back in the same way, you really establish a friendship. And it's like the final variable is the ability for two people to establish that appropriate level of intimacy between the two of them. It involves emotional expression and that support of the other person, that we accept the other person without placing value on him or her. And a friendship with intimacy also includes trust and loyalty. And I think those are the things that we're all really looking for out in the world. An intimate friendship is one in which we can feel that we can be ourselves and we'll be valued and accepted just for who we are. It makes us feel alive and warm and safe. A good friendship depends less on who the other person is than on how they make us feel. So let me just repeat that. A good friendship depends less on who the other person is than how they make us feel. So what I mean about that is how that person makes us feel is really the most important thing that we feel important and loved and that we know that person trusts us and that they care about us. And that makes a huge change in our lives, especially if we don't have that right now. So those are some things to touch on. I also want to share a little bit about how men and women are different in their friendships because we are different and that's okay. It's about us connecting and what works best for us. So, you know, as women, we all know, right? (laughs) We could talk for hours 
We don't have to solve the problems and we come home and we're just loving life and just had the best time in the whole world, right? And we actually have our hormones going when we're talking to each other that just make us feel warm and secure and connected. So you come home and your husband might be, oh, how did things go? Oh, it was great. You know, did you figure out what to do about your problem? Nope. But I had a great time. Just talked, talked and felt connected. And that was great. Men are more fixers, right? You give them a problem. They're like, this is what you need to do. So just to understand for women, that's why we can talk and talk and we don't need to fix anything. And sometimes we might, but we don't have to. So women tend to express their intimacy more emotionally and they share information about themselves. They talk more about feelings. They try to understand the relationships, their careers, their health their state of mind. We're more interested in sharing and disclosing our feelings rather than the problem solving, as I mentioned. We want to process our feelings and talking and listening and feeling validated by our friends. So men, on the other hand, share their affection for their friends using what they call covert intimacy. So rather than focusing on processing feelings, men share their intimacy by helping each other or problem solving. They emphasize on doing rather than being. They talk more about topics outside of the personal realm. They talk more about cars, computer games, politics, finance, and their expression of affection often takes in the form of kind of razzing each other, which is understood by men to be a form of bonding. So sometimes I think as women, we're like, you need to share more with your guy friends. Are you telling them how you're feeling, what you're going through? And they just look at us like, are you out of your mind? No, we're good. We're connected. Leave me alone. Right? So whatever is important to you and what makes you feel connected to someone is important. I'm kind of giving you some information kind of give you a little bit of insight and maybe the differences with the sexes, what's important to look for in a friendship. And not everybody's the same. There's some men that are super emotional and there's some women that aren't. So the point is, what do you need in your life? Do you have enough social support? And if you don't, where can you start developing that and to really feel connected and realize how important it is? And I hope that this is something that you'll take the time to start developing because it can really make a world of difference. So I'm going to share a couple of ideas on how you can make friends if you're trying to figure out what the best way to go about this is, if this is new to you. So there's a handful of things you can do. And if you're not in school or working for a large company with that built-in social structure uh, and lots of opportunities to meet two people, you know, making friends can be challenging. I wanted to share that. I do have a lot of clients that come in and say, you know, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm having a hard time making friends. And And I found that to be true. When I moved to California in 1982 from Buffalo, New York, I had a hard time making friends until I started working and developing that friendship. But it was just harder. I don't know if it was where I was living or obviously, you know, our environment. I talk about with the cognitive behavioral therapy, your environment's a major factor in your life and your friendships are a part of that. So, you know, it was hard leaving my hometown and it took a while to make friends. And it's not always an easy thing. So if you are having a hard time, I don't want you to think there's something wrong with you, but it is hard to really develop friendships. And especially if you're not in that environment, like with work or school, that you're constantly meeting people. So that's a real thing. I went through that. It took me a long time to really create the friends I have out here in California now. So one thing is, you know, joining a gym. So I know you're not going to make friends working out, but I've actually made friends at my gym, which I never even planned to, but it was because I ended up taking classes. And I used to do spin class. And I have friends now that I'm in touch with. We go out, we do things like good friends that I never even thought would develop. So if you go to the same class on the same day at the same time, you're going to likely have the same people and people start talking to each other. And especially in a class, 
there's a lot of support and like go for it and good for you and all that kind of stuff that you can start developing friendships. So that's really one place that you can go. Also, if you're taking martial art classes or go to aerobic studio, those are all places you can start seeing. And again, it's that common interest that I talked about, like joining a group. So this is a big one and a big commitment, but getting a pet, <laughs> especially a dog. As I'm doing this podcast, my beautiful Paisley is taking a nap next to me here. I just rescued her about three weeks ago. And the last time we had a dog in our home was two years and really missed having a pet. And I'm so fortunate that we just found another wonderful pug and we just love her so much. But we've always made friends when we've had dogs, right? We walked the neighborhood. I just met a lady the other day. We were talking because our dogs were playing with each other. Going to the dog park, it's a connection, right? And they'll just come up to you and start talking and you can really develop some good friends. So getting a pet and going on a walk is something. But again, it's a huge responsibility. So you definitely need to want to have the dog as well. Another great thing is obviously volunteering, getting involved in some kind of charitable group. Right now with everything going on in the world and all the protests, there's tons of phenomenal information out there, how you can get involved and you can volunteer and support different groups. So now is really a great time to do that. And people are really embracing each other because we want to support each other and what's going on and that this is a great time to get involved. As I mentioned a little earlier, getting involved in a hobby or a pastime, biking, music, the hiking, and then after you know you start getting involved and enjoying that hobby, you can find a group and add that interest into your life. Take a look at people you already know. Friends are people with whom you share that proximity and frequency of contacts, you know, that you come in conversations, you know, that you have often. Make that effort to say, hey, let's go and get a bite to eat or let's go out for a cup of coffee or, you know, I'm going to go volunteer here and you want to come with me. So making more of an effort with the friends we already have. The next one, which I'm going to share a story with you, is about tracking down old friends. So shouts out to my girlfriend, Lori, back in New Jersey. We were best friends in high school and we lost touch. She graduated high school a year early, which was fabulous and went off to college and we'd see each other. but. By the time the year came that I graduated high school, I came to California. So nothing bad happened, but we just lost touch over all these years. And sadly enough, it's been like 25, which is crazy to think about. And recently, she had seen some of my stuff on Facebook with cognitive therapy and was wanting to shout out and just give me some kudos and asking, you know, let's find a time to reconnect. And we had a Zoom meeting and talked for an hour and a half. And it was a gift, a gift that she tracked me down. And that we reconnected and it was like old times, right? Like no time ever passed. So there's really great friends that are probably out there that we've just lost touch and they would love to hear from you and put it out there. And you know what? If they don't want to reconnect, nothing lost, nothing gained, but maybe you'll have that same experience I had of how happy I was that we connected and to be reminded why she was my best friend and we're going to keep in touch and hopefully see each other soon, as soon as we can. Another way of making friends is ask questions. If you don't know what to say when you meet someone new, which I know is tough, ask them questions about themselves. Believe it or not, people like to talk about themselves. If you're someone that doesn't like to talk about yourself, you might think no one else does, but most people do. So my first advice usually when people are talking about, say, social anxiety, which was like my last podcast, is to ask someone questions about themselves. What do they like? Have they traveled? You know, what do they do? And then that will keep the conversation going. And then you can add in. People do love the attention they receive from others. Conversations flow easier when other people feel validated. 
Something else you can do is asking for a favor, which I know sounds a little odd, but if you're trying to make friends, maybe ask someone to do you a favor, something small. Can you take me here? I need a ride to pick up my car in the shop, something like that. They're more likely to feel friendly towards you after they have done you a favor because people like to give and then they may be more open to receive in that way. And the last one I just want to share is just to smile. It might sound simple, but it's a way of approachable cues. My kids tease me when we take our dog out for a walk and I walk by someone, I say hello. <laughs> and not everyone says hello. And they're like, why are you saying hello to everybody? I'm like, we need to be more friendly in this world, right? We need to connect with people. Just a nice smile. How you doing? And the funny thing is we were walking the other day and I'm saying hello and the one person didn't respond. And then like, you know, a block up, there must have been three or four people that said hello to me first. And I just kind of laughed with my daughter because I'm like, see, people like connecting. It's really important. And again, I think we need it more than ever in the world today. So reach out to those people that are already in your life. Reach out to those people that maybe you don't take the extra time and say, let's get together. Think about any old friends that you miss that you'd love to have in your life. And then think about new ways to meet new people. If you're like, you know, I just need some new people in my life or the people I'm with really aren't that healthy and I'm getting healthier and I, I want to have a better environment. Because again, with the CBT, your environment's a huge factor and that's who you're surrounded with. And take that leap of faith and put yourself out there and you will meet some new people and connect. And again, you never know where you're going to meet people. You never know where it's going to happen. Like I mentioned, my neighbor who moved, but she's in the same area, which is good, but she moved next door to me and she's one of my best friends. And I'm like, how lucky was that? It just kind of happened. So people want to connect. I meet so many people that are lonely and don't have someone to hang out with and they just want to have that in their life. So don't question too much. Be careful all of your hot thoughts, right? They're your thoughts that are 100% true making assumptions that people won't want to hang out with you or you won't find somebody with the same interests or things have to be perfectly aligned. You just have to find one thing in common and that's enough and to feel that you're worthy enough and that you can be a good friend and be the kind of friend that you want from someone else and then you will attract that in your life. So going back to my CBT, your environment's important, which is your social support and friendships, the way you're thinking about your friendships and what's important to you and what are your values in other people. And that will affect you feeling better, right? And then your behavior will be to be probably more outgoing and taking more chances. And physically, as I mentioned earlier, it's just good for our health to have good support in our lives. Good for our immune system, good for all of those things that make us feel calmer, more relaxed, and more whole. So I want to read one last thing before we finish up for today. So it's I found this great post on Facebook I just love, and it says, One day, all of us will get separated from each other. We'll miss our conversations. Days, months, and years will pass until we rarely see each other. One day, our children will see our photos and ask, Who are these people? And we will smile with invisible tears and say, It was with them that I had the best days of my life. And I just smiled when I read that because that is so true because I just had so much fun with my friends growing up and it's just the greatest memories. And most of them, I'm still friends with them today. And if you're listening, I love all of you. So make decisions based on what's best for you, not how you feel. Go out and try to make a new friend this week. Please reach out to me. Keep sending me your questions and the reviews on Apple Podcasts. I love, I'll be reading them each and every week and stay safe. You can contact me at my cbtpodcast at gmail.com 
You can go to my website at mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com and find lots of great information on CBT. You can reach out to me there as well. You've listened to my CBT podcast. You can follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, and if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcast, rate, review, and subscribe. Stay safe and be well. Whoa, Poe Productions.